really excited for tonight. You guys are going to get to hear from one of our student pastors and a friend of mine, Landon Miller. So go ahead, give it up for him real quick. Let's go. Grant him your attention. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Uh, man, I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. As Chris said, my name is Landon. And what's cool about tonight is that I am you. I am a young adult. I am 23 years old. Uh, and getting to this point in my life, uh, it wasn't a cakewalk, all right? In, in 2020, COVID happened, yes? COVID happened. Uh, I was in college at the time. I was a sophomore in college uh, and didn't love where I went to school. And so everyone got sent home and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna go back. Not gonna go back. I'm just gonna stay in Tomball in the woodlands and maybe God has something for me there. Right? Fast forward a little bit. Uh, Justin Kessler comes on staff here. Uh, oddly enough, I had told my dad, I was like, Dad, I will never work at Woods Edge. LOL, look at God. Uh, hires me on as an intern. Uh, and now I am here standing before you. Now, the truth in that is there were several nights my sophomore year in college where I was heartbroken. I was depressed to the point where I would not sleep. And I was wondering what God had in store for my life. I was truly questioning the plan that he had for me. Let's put this picture here of my wife and I. And that's my wife, Liv. Lover. And we are pregnant. Let's go. That's pretty cool. Okay. Now, the truth in this is that if you would have told 20-year-old Landon in 2020, when COVID was happening, that in 2023, I'd be standing right here, married to the girl of my dreams and having a child, I would, I would have said, you're lying. And it's in those moments when we are so desperate, where God oftentimes reaches out to us and says, you know what, I got you. I got you. Is it too hard to imagine that God knows the desires of your heart and he cares for you and he has a plan for your life? So as an intro tonight, I, I know that being a young adult can be hard. We're all at different seasons and stages of life. Some of us are in community college. Some of us go to a D1 school. Some of us drop out like me. I'm still in school and I'm married. It happens, you know, it happens. We're all at different stages, but the truth is we all serve the same God who has a plan for each of us. And so today I, I'm excited to jump into scripture with you guys. Uh, thankfully, I get John chapter 20. All right, this is the layup chapter, if you will, of John, right? Y'all been walking through this book 
I don't have to lay out any context or backstory. Y'all walked up to this point. Man, tonight we get to walk in the victory that when Mary went to that tomb, Jesus was gone. And so I hope that tonight we leave encouraged, excited, and we walk out of here feeling victorious because of what Jesus did on the cross and the fact that when Mary went to the grave, Jesus was not there. So I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna jump right in. God, I pray that you would move tonight and that you would use your word in a mighty way. God, thank you that you care for each of us in this room and you have a plan for everybody. God, I pray that whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, we would feel your presence in this room tonight. God, we acknowledge that you are here. And so God, I pray that no matter where we are, when we leave this building tonight, we would be able to acknowledge the victory that we have in you. God, would your spirit speak through me tonight? We love you. Amen. Amen. All right. So in John chapter 20, where we pick it up, can we get these lights on? I'm going to be walking, walking around a little bit. I like walking around. Is that cool? Cool. So in John chapter 20, Jesus is dead. Okay. No heartbeat. Out of there. Gone. See you later. And the disciples are like, what do we do now? This dude that we've been following for years of our life, he took me from being a fisherman, fisherman of fish to a fisherman of men, from a boring tax collector to following Jesus. He's gone. What do I do? Next picture, it's almost like they were playing and they're like, you know what? They were like, we just lost 63.28 and the clock has hit zero. The clock has hit zero. There's no time to come back. Where and what are we going to do now? So this is where we pick up in John chapter 20. Chris, you're welcome. Take the picture off the screen. (laughs) Oh boy. So we pick up John chapter 20. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 first. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, Peter's a bit slow, and reached the tomb first. In stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes." So when I read this, 
I got kind of mad straight up. I'm like, y'all went back to your home? What are we doing? Jesus, who you just followed for years is gone? I would have yelled, I would have done something. I would have grabbed Justin, Jack and Austin. We are finding this dude. And then next picture, I was like, imagine, what if these people found that? Bro, they would drag it out for a whole season. John B would be looking at the walls. He'd be like, hmm, this linen cloth is here. If someone took him, they were in a rush. They probably wouldn't fold up a piece of cloth, right? Man, my mind got racing. Outer Banks, I know it's fine. Take it off the screen. Thank you very much. Anyway, I was like, really? We're, we're going back home. Okay. And then I was like, man, people must have hated them. This dude that they followed was just put to death. They probably didn't feel safe. They didn't know where to look for him. They were certain he was just dead and that someone had come and taken the body, just adding insult to injury. So they go back home. In verse 11, it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. So as I said before, it's dark out and Mary is weeping, all right? How many of you have weeped before, right? Yes, tears get in your eyes. You can't see very well. You have to wipe off your tears. It's dark out. She can't see very well. She looks in and she sees two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Tears, sign outside. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus responds to her very simply. And he says, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that she had, and that he had said these things to her. With tears in her eyes, and unable to see very well, she hears the voice of Jesus and she knows exactly who it is. Question for you, do you know the voice of Jesus? Are we spending enough time with our King to decipher out his voice versus all the other voices in this life? with tears and her eyes in darkness all around her, Jesus simply says her name and she knows exactly who it is. 
Some of you in this room are distraught, just like Mary. Maybe a death in the family, maybe a struggle trying to figure out how to live this life and balance all the things that come with it. Let this be a reminder that Jesus calls you by your name. And he is always closer than we could ever imagine. See, at first, Mary thinks he's the gardener. She looks in the empty tomb wondering where he is and guess where he is. He's right there with her. I mean, how many of us are looking? We're looking and he's right there. Some of us need to start, stop looking and start listening. Stop taking actioning, stop taking action and resting in listening to what the Father has for us. Moving on, verses 19 through 23. So the same day, on, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Man, what a statement from Jesus. As the Father is sending me, I am sending you. Peace be with you. I want us all to understand that Jesus was talking to his disciples, but he also knew all that they would go on to do. Many other disciples started movements in churches that would wind up getting them killed. He spoke these words to church leaders who he knew would build up the church. And where are we right now? A church. And because of this, Jesus is, all, is also speaking to you. Just as the Father sent him, he is sending us into this world to make a difference for his kingdom. And he is doing so by sending us with his peace that transcends all understanding. Do you believe that tonight? These verses we read tonight are very simple. The tomb is empty. Mary goes and tells the disciples. Jesus makes himself known to the disciples. Yet, isn't this what our entire faith is based on? Without Jesus defeating death, what do we have to put our faith in? a simple moment, a few simple verses that as we read this Bible, the Holy Bible, we can so easily skip over because it's just more words. 
Can we pause tonight and acknowledge the power in this story? Tonight, can, can we not skip over how important this is? My challenge for us tonight is that we start living like Jesus is alive. We ought to start believing that, yeah, Jesus can do that. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can save you. He can redeem you. Why? Because he defeated death. That's why. That should give us as followers of Jesus peace, comfort, and confidence to live the way he has called us to. The main point I have tonight is this. As followers of Jesus and as young adults here at Wood's Edge, we must, we have to, we need to stop living our lives like we are going for victory and start living our lives from victory. Man, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, that was it. That was the KO. That was the knockout. That's when Satan lost all the power he thought he had. That was it. What's that do for us? Man, for me, that gives me a whole lot of confidence. Let me tell you. Man, you should walk in confidence having discussions with people that don't know Jesus. You should have walked in this room tonight with confidence, not worried about what people think about you, how you worship, how you're, how you're dressed tonight, how your day was. You should walk in here with confidence because what Jesus did for you on the cross, that's it, period. That's it. And this world will try and make you believe so many lies to think, oh, there's more. There's more. There's more to strive for. There's more to look like. There's more to do. And then we have Jesus hanging on the cross telling us it is finished. To telestai, Greek, nerd stuff, that word is past, present, and future. Your past is done. He's got you in your future and he's right here with you in this present moment. Okay, so I like to have fun, okay? I do. I like to have a lot of fun. And so as I was planning this sermon tonight, I was like, you know, I want to leave here like feeling good, you know, kind of feeling a bit silly, a bit fun, because we have victory. We have victory. And so I want to leave here on a high note, feeling great that Jesus died for us and with some laughs. And so, you know, as I was planning this sermon, I was like, when was a moment, a time, when someone made a return that people weren't expecting and there's some drama to it because that's always fun. Watch the video. Here we go. This is going to be interesting. Good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of WrestleMania 27.
Yes, I, I never thought that I would show a WWE video during a sermon, and I just did. Awesome. Now, here's the thing. There was over a minute of drama and lightning for some reason, and the screen's going dark. And how many of you were like, kind of awkward here? Who's going to come out? Um, this is taking way too long. Uh, when is he going to come back? Who is it? What's going on? And if that minute was awkward for you and you didn't know what to do, imagine the disciples with three days when they thought their king and their best friend was gone. How much more, how much more were they feeling? Now, that is how I want to live my life every day. Knowing that my savior has risen. We don't react like that, do we? I don't think we wake up with that same excitement that our savior defeated death. And we can laugh and that's funny and that's cool, but the greatest challenge, honestly, the greatest challenge in my life is truly wholeheartedly being excited every single day that my savior defeated death. Because so many things take my attention and take your attention. We all have that thing. For me, it's sports. For you, what is it? It's hard. There's a lot of distractions in this life. But when this group, when this church, when this family gets to a point where Jesus is the number one thing that we care about, the number one thing that we get excited for. Man, when we wake up in the morning, we wake up excited to serve the Lord. Man, it, it won't just stop at seeing Houston become a city of God. Let me tell you that. So the challenge tonight is this. Start living from victory. Start living from victory. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sin. He died so that you, as his creation, would no longer have to strive Have to, have to go out of your way to sacrifice an animal or, or go to a ceremony, right? He said, you know what, I got you. I will take your place because the wages of sin is death. I got you. And he died for you. So as we walk out of this room tonight, let's walk out with more excitement than the rock coming back to WWE, right? That should pale in comparison and be nothing to the excitement and joy that we get 
every single day in the truth that Jesus defeated death and he's coming back again. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. God, you are our creator. And God, we are thankful that we get to be in this room tonight with all of our attention on you. Thank you that tonight we got to give you the praise that you deserve. And God, we are honored that we got to go into your word tonight and learn some more about how much you care and love us. God, I pray that as we leave this room tonight, we would walk out of here feeling victorious because of what you did on the cross. And God, I pray for any, any life in here, anyone carrying a heavy story right now that when they go home, it won't feel a lot like victory. God, I pray that they would be able to feel your presence in a very tangible way and that, and that you would make yourself known to them in a very personal way. So God, as we close tonight, we thank you for your son. We thank you that he came to this earth and, and, and lived a perfect life and gave us an example to follow and died for us and defeating death. So that one day we get to live for eternity with you. Yes, yeah, so God, we love you. And we thank you for all you're doing in this ministry and in the lives of every young adult here. Thank you for your son. Amen.